What's going on, everyone? Welcome to yet another episode of the Shack Factor podcast. And I just want to say you you look great. Um, I, I want you to know that listeners, Jordan as well, um, who is here joining me, Jordan Schusterman, that is. Jordan, how are you doing today? You I'm look great, great as well. Want to clarify. Oh, yes. No, it's so good to see you, Steve. We are recording this on a Sunday evening without our dear friend, Jake Mintz, who is attending very important wedding, not his own, but a, a wedding that was not one that we were going to be like, Hey, Jake, can you, can you come join us on here? Um, and if we sound a little different, that's because we're not going to make Jake edit this. We're just going to hop on a zoom here. Like it's 2021 and just record a podcast together. Uh, like it's 2021, Steve, that that'll be, be relevant, uh, later on in the show on this episode of the shock factor podcast. It's uh, we're going to, we're going to talk about conference tournament week. Cause that's, what's coming up here as we are just over a week away from Selection Monday, right? That's what they call it, Selection Monday, Selection Sunday. I can't remember what day they do it on in, in Division One. I. I think it's Monday. Okay. I believe it's Monday. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get the field soon, but regular season wrapping up this weekend, so we'll do a little bit of recapping that. But mostly want to just talk about what we like and dislike about conference tournaments, in particular the, the big famous ones, because they really aren't the ones we should be paying attention to. We're going to reflect, or Steve's going to reflect, on his first year of doing official picks on D1Baseball.com as part of the staff picks every week. Uh, we'll, we'll give some shout outs to Virginia and Clemson who cannot lose. They can't lose, Steve. And then we'll mm -hmm. finish off uh, uh, talking about a tweet that talked about Steve in shock. But Steve, how, how was your weekend, first of all? How, how are you doing? It was a good weekend. Good college baseball happened. I consumed a lot of it. It was, it was fun to watch. And I made a lot of hats, so... Um, pretty full weekend. I also made my travel plans for the ACC tournament this week because I'm a maniac and I don't plan things till the day before or the day of. So, um, yeah, that's just kind of the way I roll. I mean, I went to Florida for D1 baseball earlier this season, booked my hotel on the flight down. Um, that's just kind of the way you got to roll sometimes. So, very on the fly, but it was a very fun weekend, and I'm I'm very excited, looking forward to the week ahead because we got some fun baseball coming up. Yeah, and Steve, you know uh, what you just referenced there, you know, booking the hotel on the flight down. As we've gotten to know Steve over the last couple of years, kind of welcoming him into the media space, it's great. It's like there's some things he's natural, and there's some things it's like, oh my god, Steve, what are we doing? What are we doing, my guy? Let's let's figure this out for your own sake. It's you don't have anything to do with us. So I hope that your ACC tourney travels go well, but that's a good place to start because the ACC tournament is coming up and conference tournaments, you know, in, in theory should, should carry a lot of weight. I mean, it's, it's your league, right? It is your conference. These are the teams that you compete against all year and to have to be put into a tournament setting to raise a trophy, regardless of what happens in the regionals, but to get to raise a trophy or a plaque, I don't know if it's different in every uh, conference. I'm sure it is, but like that, would seem to be something that you would you would really get motivated for, right? And so I'm curious, we can focus on the ACC here too, because, you know, you had some experience there. What is your feeling of the ACC tournament and your experience with it? What, what, what do you, what, did you like it? Did you not like it? What do you think? I, I liked it because it's fun. You get to play baseball, which is always fun, but I did not really love the format of it. And this is me being as critical as humanly possible because I don't like being mean. But I, I don't like the way they do it personally. Um, it's there's four different pools, pool A, B, C, and D. I think it should be kitty pool, big boy pool, um, the deep end, the deep end, of course, and then one other kind of pool, maybe, maybe the water slide pool. 
um, <laughs> the hot but, tub. Yeah, like Wake Forest, they should be in the big boy pool. Yes. Um, pool pool number four, whichever pool has the most uphill battle, that's the deep end. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes more sense. So that's my first change. Second change, get rid of the whole pool structure. So throw throw first change out the window with change number two and just do round robin because the way it works is each team essentially will play two games within their pool the winner of that pool so whoever has the best record will move on to the semifinals and then the finals and winner and everything but the problem with this is the tiebreaker to decide this if every team goes one and one is whoever's the higher seed so essentially if the one seed wins one game they have a very good chance of making it because that means there's one other team that has the opportunity to go two and oh and beat them. But that like, I don't know how often that happens in the history of the ACC tournament. I don't understand it. I think it's just better. Like I grew up on super smash bros where you just fight until everybody's knocked off. Whoever's still standing is the winner. Damn it. Okay. And so I want that. I want the fight to the death. Oh, extra innings, overtime, sudden death. Yes. Literally the flick of a bat can knock you off a cliff. Uh, sorry, went too far. You're, into you're getting, well, you're getting but, into Smash Bros. Like you're playing with like, you know, your health meter is like over 200 and you only got one stock left and you keep, I don't know. Actually, let's just do a quick Smash Bros. Uh, tangent if you're going to reference it because this I'm is fine. much more my speed than Jake. So I'll take the time to go into this. Uh, who's you, who you got? What, what's your go-to? Uh, are you also me- Melee or what, what were you playing? I, I was big on Super Smash Bros. Melee. Yeah. Um, I also love the original N64, and I think I like that one so much is because the controls are just sure. so simple. Sure. But, but I was always Link. Um, okay. Just really like Link, Link. Link or either one. Honestly, I really like Young Link in Melee. I don't believe Young Link was in regular. He no, might have been not. one of the definitely unlocks. Not. But uh, yeah, no, Young Link in Melee just for the lower body size, extra agility. Um, what about you? Who would you go with? So growing up, I mean, mostly melee. Um, I loved Bowser, but he he sucked, right? But it was just fun to spin, to you know, jump and sit on people. Like that was great. It was very, it was very a satisfying character when it was good. Then I kind of transitioned to like I wanted to have the power, but also a little bit more agility. So I did a little bit of Ganondorf. I was big into Ganondorf. I liked the Ganondorf punch. I liked a little bit more movement. And then by the end, now I'm it's Ness. And maybe yes. it is just be- because he has a baseball bat, but I just because I just love playing with Ness. I'm such a big Ness guy. So again, I'm not that good, but like in terms of what I enjoy playing with, I'm that's that's my go-to. But yeah. all of that is to say, you 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 mentioned Smash Bros. Very simple, right? Everyone goes on there, and someone is standing at the end. There's no <laughs> tiebreakers. It's not. A, it's, you don't have to understand. It's a very simple concept, right? You, <laughs> whoever is still there at the end with the most lives. But the problem, one of one of the underrated flaws, or not flaws, but like crappy realities of the best conferences being so good, is that they feel compelled to let in almost all these teams who are probably better than eighty percent of the teams in the country. So it feels like teams in the middle or bottom half of the league should still get into the conference tournament. The problem is that tournaments 
of this size do not really exist or make any sense at this time in the season. So they have to come up with this complete nonsense to get through the games in a week, which makes it all feel very pointless. And you have a situation where the teams at the top are basically just trying to stay healthy and the teams in the middle, they are playing for their postseason live, but it doesn't mean as much when the teams they're playing against aren't as motivated. And so I don't know how you fix this. I'm not saying that this is the number one problem playing plaguing college baseball, but for me this weekend, I'm excited to watch everything that isn't the ACC and SEC. And, and sure, in theory, it's cool to see them in Hoover. And like, obviously, like we're going to tune in because those are the best teams. But in terms of the stakes, it's it's just goofy. It just do, it's just not there. And it's it's so weird at this time of the year when you think the stakes should be the highest, they're suddenly way lower. And I, I just don't like that. And I'm not saying I don't know how to fix that, but that's just kind of the nature of it. Yeah. And it, it's so strange because any other conferences like you know, you make a you make a good splash in the tournament. It's like, okay, now we're gonna now we're gonna go and get into a regional now. Now we're gonna get some serious action. That that doesn't exist in other conferences. And the ACC, the SEC, and Power Five schools, like they can get they can get that often. But like outside of the conference, that's when the stakes, they're just it's winner take all. I played I played in those conference tournaments too, and those were much more fun. Oh yeah. Um it, because it just really meant something like I had a rehab outing in the ACC conference tournament. Like that, that's where we were at. Like we had an outing just to test that my old, my old arm can still move the baseball forward. And it's like, that's not how a conference tournament should feel, you know, like it, it should be everybody coming in with a clean slate. What's done is done. That's the past. Now it's time to just bloodbath it out, see who can win. Because honestly, I do feel like maybe the solution is if you're in the top four, like if you're a top four team, just don't even fucking show up. Like, honestly, like, like I'd rather watch a four or six team double elimination tournament with teams where it really freaking means something than do this weird staggered ladder where say the sec where teams are getting buys and we're playing at 10 a.m and we're basically just playing 24 hours a day in hoover and you, you can't even follow the bracket and some of the teams playing care and some of them don't and it's it's just it i just don't like it it's just not so but but to your point there are this is why we're, we're going to take time to, to say this now there will be some awesome conference tournaments this weekend because those kids are playing for the end of their season. And those kids do know the four seed in the a sun or the freaking summit league or whatever these tournaments, which are usually much more normal conference tournaments where it's four teams, maybe six, right? That's what a conference tournament should feel like. That's where it feels like, okay, here we go. We've, we've fought to get into this tournament which none of the teams in the ACC or SEC feel, except for the ones at the bottom who feel like their seasons are already a disaster, right? I'm talking about, you know, Georgia Tech and Pitt and Virginia Tech, like, or these teams at the bottom of the SEC or, you know, Kansas. Like, these teams don't feel like they've done something successful. Like, it's not, but the teams in the middle and the bottom of these other conferences, that's great. We love that. And so I'm, I'm hoping to be able to catch some of those because I feel like those will, will be way more, way more entertaining. Yeah, I think, if the ACC wants to stick with this, what they should do is they should put the top four teams in a big boy pool and they're on one side of the bracket. The other side of the bracket's just, you know, whoever whoever wins, wins. You know, it's the other 
eight teams or however many there are, and they just duke it out. And then when they have a champion of their bracket, they'll take on the champion in the other bracket. But it it's just so confusing when you get into it and it's like, oh, well, we need this to happen for this to happen so that we can play. And then the run differential has to be this. And by the way, my mom's bringing ham sandwiches between games and um, it, it's like, no, just let me win this game. And then we win, you know, simple, right. like you, you don't want these garbage time games. Like it's not fun. It's yeah. not fun. It's just a really weird to have this in the middle. So anyway, you you know where we stand. That's kind of where we're at on conference tournaments. But uh, Steve, you you will be there. You will be in attendance uh, uh, down in Durham, regardless of the goofy format. Um, what are you most looking forward to uh, before we move uh, on to our next topic? I'm most looking forward to being in Durham Bulls Athletic Park. It is one of the coolest places in all of baseball, in my mind. It's one of like those icon, like people think of the minor leagues and they're like, oh, wacky team names, fun stadiums. This is the stadium that makes a lot of people feel that way, I would say. Because, of course, there's the Bull Durham movie. There's all that. And then. It, it's just iconic you know it's not their original bull durham movie field but it's still the durham bulls field there's still a bowl that you can get a stake if you hit it um so i'm excited for that that atmosphere in general i'm excited to meet a bunch of people so if you see me there please talk to me because that that makes my life easier and believe it or not that's kind of my job um and it's the best job in the world so come do my job with me um and I'm also very excited to be in the flesh to once again watch the Virginia Cavaliers play Ooh. baseball together. They sure have been playing baseball, Steve. Oh, boy, have they. This past weekend with their sweep of Georgia Tech, they have essentially, I think, secured a hosting spot. Um, I'm yeah, not entirely so. we'll sure see if how that works. We'll see if they're a top eight seed. Um, I know that was something that Kendall wrote about a little bit on the website today. Looks like they they've gunned it for that that last national seed, maybe the eight seed. But yeah, host seems very likely as it stands. So 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 that you know, I mean, again, it's this is the thing. It should feel like what happens this week will impact that, but I don't think it will, which is I guess good for them. But it's just weird. Um, but yeah, they they look great. What have they won? I think nine in a row. It seems. Yeah, I believe it's nine in a row. And then what I'm optimistic for, as we'll talk about later, I'm not very good at predictions, which we'll get into, but there is the potential to watch Jake Geloff set a new single season home runs record by himself. So he'll stand alone. His next bowl? home run off the bull. That would be really cool. He has one home run in his career over the bull okay. when they played Duke last year. And so there's a chance he hits his 23rd. I don't know his current like career total, but he has the all-time record for that. Uh, he set a new single season all-time RBI record, which is cool. Um, he had 82 and 83 and then hit that, what was it, a solo it shot home run. So 84. Yep. So I'm excited to watch him hopefully extend that total and just watch them play together, see my good friend Brian O'Connor, and, you know, just just watch good quality baseball. Uh, I am marveling. I'm looking at Jake Geloff's stats. <clears throat> I know if you listen, it's probably like, Jesus Christ, how much more we got to talk about Jake Geloff, and that's fine. 
I understand that if you feel sorry, that way. everyone. He he's my friend, and you have to deal with it. <laughs> also, like we're talking about someone who is his friend and played for Cape Henlope in high school. Like it's like he's just checking too many boxes for Steve not to bring him up. But most importantly, he hits dingers, and I am really enjoying looking at um, his stats, uh, Steve, and I'm seeing that. As it stands now, he currently has the exact same number of at-bats this year and last year, 212. And it's great how almost identical these past two seasons have been, okay? So just just, just get a hold of this. This is so great, okay? So same number of at-bats this year and last year. This year, uh, or last year, 65 runs. This year, 62. Last year, 80 hits. This year, 72. Last year, 162 total bases. This year, 164. 21 homers last year, 22 homers this year, 81 RBIs last year, 84 RBIs this year, 41 walks exactly <laughs> both years. He cut down on the strikeouts by seven this year. Um, and then the slash lines are, are very similar, a little bit more slug, a little bit less OBP and batting average this year, but just the same number of sacrifice flies. So, you know, he's a similar teammate, similar, uh, you know, manufacturing the same number of runs, which we love to see. Um, so yeah, so it's just great. It's just very funny to see he's, he's as, as consistent as it gets. If you're looking for a consistency, it is, it is Mr. Ray Geloff. That is unbelievable. And that is so fun to look at. I'm going to take a screenshot of that and save that forever. Cause that is his stat line for me. You should, forever. You should tweet it out. And um, then like 10% of the engagements you can just forward to me. All right. Yeah, no, all I'll right. send them all your way. Cool. Thanks, <laughs> I'll tag you. Uh, the, <laughs> the other thing, uh, so Virginia, whatever they, they look great. The one other team we did want to mention specifically since they keep rolling on um, is Clemson. They have won 12 in a row, finishing up their season, their regular season with the sweep of North Carolina. And honestly, it is quite the um, uh, juxtaposition contrast whatever fancy word you want to use. Eric Backich in year one compared to Link Jarrett in year one. Um, and I don't think we necessarily need to decide whether one of these coaches is good or not. Oh, based on this one year, but it is, it is pretty stark to watch <laughs> Clemson having this unbelievable season and Florida state missing the postseason for the first time in 45 years. But Clemson's been awesome. I know you tweeted a little bit about Caden Grice over the past week. They've just been so much fun to watch. I think they had another walk-off over the weekend, um, but they've just been, they've been ridiculous. I mean, they are, they are in, in really good shape. And, and honestly, I am, I'm hopeful that their baseball team, can go on a little run here because the softball team, which I am a really big fan of Valerie Cagle, uh, one of my favorite, maybe my favorite player in softball. Uh, they're also awesome, but the bad news for the, the Clemson softball team is that they are about to go play Oklahoma. And for all, <laughs> for all, you know, Oh, you don't follow stuff. Oh, oh, whoa, Tennessee's really good. Oh, Arkansas is really good. Oh, LSU's really good. Um, none of them are even 10% as good as Oklahoma is at softball. <laughs> and so prayers to the Clemson softball team as they head to Norman. Uh, but most importantly, good luck to the Clemson baseball team who we think could also make some serious noise. A quick, quick comment on that. So when, when we made the bus trip or drove down as Cape Henlopen high school coaches, when we drove our players down, Virginia play Jake Geloff set a home run record and I'm not just bringing this up to bring this up but that night we were in the hotel watching uh 
Oklahoma softball play, and they're showing Jocelyn Allo stuff. Jocelyn Allo. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. You think Jake is a power hitter. This girl did not know how to keep the ball in the yard. Like, you know how in slow-pitch softball there's rules against how many home runs you can hit? She did She did not adhere to any of those rules, no. and those rules will never exist for her. It was incredible. And I, I just I was like, guys, look, that's what a power hitter is. That is a threat in the box. Every time she's in there, she is doing damage. I mean, she's so. one of the greatest athletes of all time. So Oklahoma softball, I'll talk about this. It's like, okay, what is this relevant? I just I just need to. So they, they oh, won sports. the last Steve, they went 59-3 and three last year. They won the, the championship. Okay, great. We love that. Jocelyn Allo, most home runs ever. It's like over 100 for her career. She's amazing, right? So it's like, okay, they a bunch of their best players, including Jocelyn Allo, they, they graduated. I mean, some of their best pitchers, like they, it's like, oh my God, how do you follow that up, right? The team after the team. The team, oh my God, like, well, what do you, how does it get better than this? Well, Steve, they're 54 and one. They've won 46 in a row. They just, <laughs> the only team to beat them this year was Baylor. Shouts out to the, to the Burrs. Uh, bear down bear down that was back on february 19th they sick them (laughs) so the 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 bears or or, sorry uh, the sooners have not lost in three months they just won their super their regionals regional games um very very quickly very quickly they wrapped up the the regional uh championship and uh, yeah, they're going to go on, and then good luck uh, to to Clemson against them. Anyway, all right. So Clemson baseball, Clemson softball, we support both of you. Steve, question. Jordan, answer. You participated this year in the staff picks presented by Chinook Seedery. Yes, I did. Title, and and I chewed Chinook seeds. So done both. Recommend. <laughs> Love, that. Love that. Get them if you want them. Um, and I, this is something in your our second year here with D1 baseball. You, you did not do this last year, right? This is your first year being a part of the picks. First time. So Jake and I not part of the picks, which is great because I don't enjoy making predictions, but Steve, <laughs> you have loved the opportunity to pick against the field, pick kind of go against the grain and kind of see, Oh, everyone's picking this team. All right, great. I'm not going to pick them. And then, and sometimes it's worked out. Sometimes you've looked like a fool. But I just wanted to give you the opportunity. Last year, uh, you know, it's 10, 10 series every week that you're picking. Last week, you went 9-1. and one. We just tallied up 6-4 and four this week in the final week in the regular season. We do believe you're going to finish in the top five on the D1 baseball staff. Hell of an achievement, so congratulations there. But I just wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of reflect on your on your year of picking. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. We're hoping for that top eight finished, hoping to host Shotgun Spratling for a dinner where we can pick together. Um, but no, um, it, it's fun to do, but geez, man, it is, it is tough to predict the future. And, you know, growing up, I watched a lot of Disney channel, a lot of that. So Raven and, you know, it, it was so easy to, to see things from a distance. You, you think it'd be crazy hard to do, but she can do it. And I grew up expecting that bar from myself, that accuracy, the the visions coming to me, just the freeze frame. Like, oh, zooming in on we my gotta eye. Get, we got to get to the chill grill, right? Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, Blaine Traxel, complete game. How do we predict that's going to happen? You know, things like that. Oh, Jake Geloff, home run. Sorry. 
Oh, Steve mentioning Jake Eloff. I can, I can predict that all the time. Um, but no, it's so hard to do. And like with college baseball, it's so unpredictable. Like we just talked about Clemson, how they turned their season around after about midway through is when they really emerged as that team that they are showing us they are today. And there were times where I picked against them. Um, there were plenty as of should. picks against them. And, you know, you see a team and like you see a streak. It's like hasn't lost a since Vietnam, since Nixon, uh, since the Nixon <laughs> administration. I see that and I'm like, okay, challenge accepted. There's no way they win another. And they do. And it's like, damn it. it it's hard. It is very hard to pick them. Um, but I also pick, I'm a highly emotional guy. I pick teams based on who I like. Um, and I'm not saying like, oh, I don't like your team. If I don't pick your team, it's just, oh, uh, for example, freshman at Iowa, Blake Garen. I love that kid. I will pick Iowa every time for Blake Garen. I don't even know how much he's played this year, but I'll pick, I'll pick Iowa just because of that. Um, Arkansas, let's talk about it. So last week or two weeks ago, we have a little bugaboo. I'm the only person who doesn't pick Arkansas to beat South Carolina because they're on this streak, which again, who knows? Who knows when it's going to come to an end? So I pick South Carolina. I'm the only one. I'm the only one. Everybody knows this methodology from me. The I want to look like a genius, so I'm going to be the only one to pick them. And do I look like an idiot if I'm wrong? Sometimes, sure. But all I ask is, if, if you act one way when I'm wrong, I want you to act the same way when I'm right. Okay? So Arkansas, last week, or two weeks ago, I picked I pick South Carolina beat you guys. You guys beat South Carolina. Good on you. You guys won. You proved Steve wrong. So did 30,000 other people every day. Um, but I got 45 replies over the next 48 hours telling me how stupid and dumb and how what a sack of shit I am for not guessing the A over the SC. Well, I picked you guys this week. How'd what we happened? do? What happened? What, what happened? happened? Where's the support? Where's the 45? Hey, don't worry, Steve. Thanks for thanks for tuning turning things around. Thanks for being in our corner on our side. Where's that? There's none of that. It's just, hey, screw you, Steve. Again, even though you were with us, we're against you still. Um, but I do like Arkansas baseball. They they are crazy good this year, and I'm excited. I, I'm just super excited to watch them go into the postseason. They always make deep runs. Like I'm sure we're going to run into them either at a super regional, regional, or Omaha, um, but they're, they're just a very solid team. And I want to announce there's a very new, very fresh, very recent, one of Stephen Shock's favorite players in college baseball has emerged. His name's Cody Frank from Arkansas. He announced he and his uh, fiance are having a baby, which I'm excited for that for him to see him become a father because that's cool. But he's got a three ERA in the SEC after transferring in from Nebraska. And now, as a transfer, there's a lot of guys who would be like, "Oh, 
you played at a weaker conference. How would you do against the best competition? Well, he had a three at Nebraska, three in the SEC. Um, so Cody balls out. Um, there's in November, I believe, was when they said the babies do. There's going to be a kid with a really cool dad. Um, so that's cool. Cody Frank in my corner. He's got a college baseball, his rad hat. Good guy. I love it. I love it. Uh, as you said, we'll have a cool dad. We love that. Uh, Steve, the other thing is, again, like you said, it's so impossible to predict things. Clemson was not in, like, I keep track of the top 25 polls over the course of the season. Clemson was not in any top 25 poll until week 11. Okay. So, and now they're going to be like a top eight national. Like I, it's just, it's ridiculous. This whole sport is, is insane. And that's why we love it. So, so, so dearly. Yeah. And I'm uh, supposed Steve, to guess who's have- good. What'd you say? And I'm supposed to guess who's good. <laughs> you want you want Steve to try and tell you what's going to happen? Come on, Peter. this and guy. Yet, and yet, you've done great. You've done just as you've done way better than Kendall Rogers, which is hilarious. <laughs> we we <laughs> love that. He knows so much more than me. I know he has so many more important phone numbers than you, <laughs> which is great. Anyway, all right, Steve. We have one final topic that we want to do before we say goodbye. Steve, you spent oh, a lot of time on Twitter. Can I, can I add one topic just oh. before we go into that? I'm oh, so please, sorry. Please go ahead. Um, I just want to shout out all the grad students who over the weekend got the grad transfers who got a new senior day jersey. I see you being economically efficient and I respect you for it. Because think about it, freshmen, they don't, they don't, they don't get a senior day jersey after year one. But the grad transfers, they get it. They do one year, they get it. It's cool. Um, so shout out to the grad transfers. I thought about that this weekend. I didn't tweet it, but I wanted to say it. I'm in. No, I agree. I, I do think that the senior day in general has is a concept that has been sort of complicated by all the added eligibility of people continuing to return to school. Like how many senior days are you going to get? I spoke to a coach recently who was just like told the seniors, like you get one. So decide when you are going to be celebrated as a senior. It will be this year. It will be next year. It will be the year after that, whatever, but you can only do it once. So please pick. But I think that the sentiment about the graduate students is spot on. So bravo to the smart lads playing uh, the ball sport that we love so dearly. Steven shock. Um, I saw on Twitter.com over the weekend a tweet that mentioned you, and it mentioned you by name, not by at BigDonkey47, and that caught my attention. On Friday evening, uh, we see a tweet from a gentleman named Tanner Allen. Are you familiar with Tanner Allen, Steve? Is that someone you know? Uh, Know the name, yeah. Okay. So for those of you who follow this show uh, and follow Stephen Shock at Big Donkey 47 and understand his rise to college baseball superstardom, his low to giving up a 7,000-foot home run in front of millions of people in heartbreaking fashion to becoming one of America's top 500 baseball podcasters. He has been through a lot as we know. But as we've joked about on this show many times, Steve did allow a home run in Omaha, yes. 
And he allowed that home run to Tanner Allen of Mississippi State. Tanner Allen, in, since we know what Steve's been up to, but since that, Tanner Allen has entered professional baseball because pretty freaking good. I yeah. mean, dude, dude raked in Mississippi State. That's a good way to get into pro ball. Yeah, he's good he, at baseball. He was drafted by the Marlins, and he's in the minor leagues with the Marlins. All right, cool. He's in the minor leagues with the Marlins. And Tanner Allen, uh, his Twitter is a little bit different than Steve's Twitter. I think that's maybe the best way to put it. But he is also he's a baseball player, so that's that's fine, right? He's got hunting and fishing in his Twitter bio, very normal baseball player things, right? And he tweeted before he tweeted about you, Steve. He actually quote tweeted like a it was like a high school bat flip video, and basically was just like the game will humble you very quickly. You know, respect the game; it will humble you very quickly, right? And so Tanner Allen is, he is on team, you know what? Respect the game at all times. Baseball is very hard. We don't want to show anybody up. Now, I want to preface the following conversation by saying that what we are about to do is have fun because this podcast is about fun and laughter, okay? We are not making fun of Tanner Allen here because this take that he has presented as evidenced by many of the replies and engagement is one that many people feel. That's fine right? Is that, you know, respect your opponent in all situations, blah, 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 blah. Okay, great. That's fine. Okay. You're allowed to have that opinion. Of course, I understand why he has it. And that is great. Okay. Tanner Allen tweeted. So we know what we're talking about. I hit a game winning home run in front of thousands of people in Omaha. Did I know it was gone? Yes. Did I pimp it? No. Why? I knew Stephen Shock had shed a lot of blood, sweat, and tears just like me to be able to perform in that moment. It's called respect all caps. Okay, great. That's the take. I've seen takes like that. It's a pretty hard O take, but I get it. I understand it. I know where he's coming from. That is all okay. So fine. Here's the thing, Steve. It's you. (laughs) (laughs) And so so we are now going to finish this podcast by laughing a little bit because everything about this, because it is you, not because of the opinion itself, is undeniably hilarious so steve i turn it over to you when did you see this tweet and what were your thoughts um so i saw it probably like an hour after it was sent and like it it kind of it kind of it was like an inside fastball when i was expecting something low in the way it, it handcuffed me a little bit because i don't know what to respond because you know tanner allen he took me deep you know he went yabo off me in a huge situation definitely a pimpable home run but I have I have a bunch of respect for the kid. Like I I first met Tanner Allen in 2017 when I was 21 years old. I believe he was like 17 or 18. And my very first memory of the kid was we were in a rain delay against I believe the Vienna River Dogs in the Cal Ripken Collegiate Summer Ball League. We were under the picnic pergola. And this high school kid on our team named Tanner gets a call. He walks away for like 10 minutes standing in the rain, just like talking to him like, okay, that's weird. Um, I wouldn't talk to just about anyone in the rain, so I don't understand what this is going on. But, you know, he's he's a different cat than I am. I'm from I'm from up north where I like to stay nice and dry. He He's a hunting fish type guy, you know. So we're different people. Comes back over. It was the Cubs trying to draft him um, in hindsight. Uh, if I knew, again, if I were good at predictions, I would have said, dude, take it, take it. Yeah, take it. Take it right now. Do said, it. Hey, hey, Do don't, it. hey, you're going to hit a home run, a huge home run off you in four years. 
So please go play in Pro Bowl as soon as possible. Please, please, please. Yeah, it's, hey, hey, no, 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 you should do that. Um, I wish I did. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I do remember saying something like, no, I really enjoy playing college baseball. Like, uh, obviously, my, my, my words are not going to influence his decision. But so, like, my first memory of this kid is playing baseball with him for, like, half an hour and then him getting drafted. So – Kids, obviously, kid knows ball. Kid's good at ball. He's great at baseball. And for me, it, it's just a matter of respecting the game. Like, I, I love that he has respect for me. I have a ton of respect for him, too, especially as a baseball player, because he's better than me at it right now, probably. Um, I did throw live at-bats against my high schoolers two days ago and Ooh, only gave up two hits, and my arm is screaming. So... <clears throat> You, you listeners do with that information what you may about whose baseball careers where. Um, but it, it's just like if he pimped that home run, one, I wouldn't have noticed because when I pitched, it was me and the catcher and then tons of dark thoughts. But that's it. Like that, that was it. Just me, my sadistical mental state and Kyle Teal or Logan Michaels, depending on the situation. And so he could have pimped it. He could have, I always would tell people like there could be grandparents behind the catcher having sex and I wouldn't notice. Like it, it's just something that it's not part of the game for me. Like I don't notice extra things. Like I really worked on blocking out everything mentally except the catcher's glove. And that's something I worked on for years. So the blood, sweat and tears was working to learn to block everything else out. Mm -hmm. So my blood, sweat, and tears enabled you. You can celebrate it, man. Like, it was a cool home right. run. Like, I cannot imagine how cool it must have felt to hit that. Mm-hmm. I would have... My bat would be... In it would Kansas. be in <laughs> it would. It would be in Iowa. It would not be where it started. Right, um, right. Just because, like, you know, obviously you see where I'm at in my baseball career. You see where he's at in his baseball career. Mine's done. His is still going on and still going strong. So mm-hmm. again, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, Steve, right? So the, the other couple of funny things about this is, is but again, all, all true. And, and this is my takeaway when we do this stupid bat flip discourse at all levels of baseball is like, that's fine. I don't need to your point. Yeah. Same. Right. Like it's easy to be like, that's how I'd react. That's fine. I don't need everyone to bat flip all the time. I don't want to tell people how to do things in either direction. Right. And I think that is what the, any sort of backlash to takes like this is like Tanner Allen, you didn't want to pimp it in that moment. God bless him. Right. But that doesn't mean that no one else gets to, because that's how you view it. Right. And that's, that's kind of the thing is it's like, it should be, if that's how you view it, I understand it. And that's great. But to then come down on everyone else that is doing it because of the obvious emotion involved in it, that's where it becomes silly. The other thing, which is the point that you made to me earlier, Steve, again, because it's you and why it's so funny, is not just the all the blood, sweat, and tears that Steve was not necessarily grinding. He was just through funny and was pretty freaking good. <laughs> like, like that's one thing. Is that is is Stephen Shock now? Because this <laughs> narrative of I respect Steve Shock, like it works if Steve had been in a really like after that he really never recovered and he just didn't really know what to do with his life and after that home run like it's but instead 
Steve has literally devoted his life to sharing pimping home runs like that. That has what has transpired since he allowed a home run that could have or should have been pimped. And so to be like, oh, see, I respect the guy who would have pimped it off of me probably is and is showing pimped home runs all the time. That is just objectively a funny situation. <laughs> Why yeah, we want to talk about it on the podcast. And at the end of the day, pimp it or don't pimp it. What, what I want you to take away is all I want for college baseball players is an environment where they can just be themselves, act how they like play from play with their heart. You know, like people see hustle. People see like people. Oh, Ty Cobb. He was a gritty player. He played with heart. Ty Cobb was a dick who was an alcoholic and he was spiking second baseman on like ground rule doubles. Like we're talking about these guys like they were saints and like they had the most respect just because they wore cotton button up dress shirts to play. Like that's not that's not the case. Like, look, at the end of the day, the worst thing you can ever do as just a human being is not be true to yourself. Like, and if you're on a stage where you can introduce yourself to the world, don't, don't put on a mask. Don't be someone else. Just mm -hmm. be you, you know? And if you is like Arturo Disla who sends balls into orbit and then like rides his bat around the bases like a horse, he doesn't do that. But I'm sure the thought has entered his brain at some point. But like, if you want to do that, do that. I'm fine with that. Like I, what I think a lot of people need to understand is the pimp home runs, the celebrations, the bat flips. Like if you're doing it and it's like, you're just flipping the bird to the pitcher, probably don't do that. Like that, that then it's directed at the pitcher. But if you're just like bat flipping a home run, that's not a spit in the face of the other team. That's a, I'm celebrating my achievement. Exactly. Not, not we, your failure. And again, like I said, like we wanted Tanner Allen, what, this is how he did it. Obviously, he backed up where he his take yeah. is here because that's what happened, clearly, right? And that's fine. We're not asking, like you said, be true to yourself. React how you would react because that's who you are. That's the kind of player you are. And that's all we can ask of people because that's the thing. And we had this conversation. We were talking about Jared Jones, right? You know, screaming F you at the pitcher as soon as he hits it. Like, I'm not into that because I want guys to be celebrating their achievements. Not I. I also don't like necessarily making it aggressive towards the opponent in that way right but if it's celebrating if it's appreciating oh my god i just did this really difficult thing on a baseball field and i am hyping on my teammates and i am excited like that is a no-brainer right but everyone's going to do that differently and that's fine but we just wanted to talk about it for a little bit because it's just something really funny about steven being the main character so again good luck to tanner allen and remainder his season with the beloit sky carp and good luck to Steve for this remainder of his season, not with the professional baseball team. Uh, and Steve, I appreciate your insight into that. And uh, we just wanted to make sure we talked about it. Steve, any final thoughts before we say goodbye tonight? Uh, just pimp it, don't pimp it. As long as it's over the fence, you won. Um, but just like baseball is supposed to be fun. You know, people have fun in different ways. When I was little, I loved to take Hot Wheels and just... I wouldn't, I would never put them on the tracks. I would just hold the little hot wheel shooter thing, the little booster. And I would just send that bitch flying around my house. That's how I played with hot wheels. That 
just because I play with Hot Wheels that way, if I see a kid playing with Hot Wheels on the track today, I won't say, hey, kid, you're doing it wrong and kick it like a traditional bully in a Disney movie and then shoot them in the face the way I play Hot Wheels. I'll just say, oh, that's okay. That's how you enjoy something that I used to enjoy. Mm -hmm. But I am a grown up and I can't enjoy that anymore. But if I get entertainment value watching you enjoy that, I don't like watching kids play Hot Wheels, but this is a, I'm making an analogy with baseball just because I played the game one way. It doesn't mean other people have to play it the exact same way. And that's okay. Yep. And I will enjoy watching people play baseball however they want to play it, whether it's hands in the pockets after hitting home runs mm-hmm. or cartwheels and Bugs Bunny dressing up and chasing you around the bases. Right. Which, and, and that's the thing. I'm, listen, even if we didn't like guys that don't respond to their or react to homers, it's not like I'm bored by it. It's not like Bryce Harper, when he hit one of the biggest home runs in postseason history last year, Oppo with a broken UCL, he didn't do shit. He was strolling around the bases like, yep, I'm Bryce Harper. Duh. What's the big deal? Right. And it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Right. Like there's versions of it too. So it's like, that's the thing. That was him. That was true to him. And that's what matters most. I think that's a great lesson to take out of this, Steve, and a great place to end. Steve, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Shock Factor Podcast. Jake Mintz will hopefully return next week. I don't know what our plan is specifically for our podcast next week around the selection show, but good news, folks. We be in Omaha again. Looking forward to that. Cannot wait. More details coming soon, but thank you all for listening. Steve, send us out. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, I hope you choose to tune in again at some point. I appreciate it. Bye. Big donkey brand. Goodbye.